Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where right now we have some very big breaking news. Yes, another Russia collusion probe, the same conclusion. There was no collusion. There was no conspiracy between Donald Trump and the Russian government to hijack the 26th election. Now you ask yourself, why did it take the Senate so much longer than Devin Nunez, the FBI, Robert Mueller, to reach the same conclusion? And the answer is, I don't really know. There isn't a whole lot new in this report. And in fact, when you look at the report, there's a lot of troubling uh, things. And we're gonna talk about that shortly. Uh, And then we're gonna turn to a very important interview. We have Congressman Tom McClintock of Northern California, uh, a member of the House Judiciary Committee, one of the key lawmakers who helped unravel all of the wrongdoing the misconduct, the the lies that were in the FBI Russia collusion case. He's joining us for an exclusive interview here at John Solomon Reports. We're very lucky to have him here for the next half hour. First, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit about what was in the Senate Intel report today. Marco Rubio issuing it on behalf of Senator Richard Burr, who was the chairman until he got himself into an insider trader trading uh, criminal investigation, had to step aside. All right, we'll talk about that. And then don't forget, stay tuned. We have Tom McClintock, the congressman from Northern California, an important voice on the House Judiciary Committee, an important player in unraveling the Russia scandal, joining us shortly. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as I mentioned, when we opened the show, we do have some breaking news today. The Senate Intelligence Committee finally issued the last and fifth volume of its long Russian investigation. And guess what? The headline is the same headline it was when Robert Mueller issued his report, when Devin Nunez issued his report. No collusion, no conspiracy between Donald Trump and uh, the Russian government, Vladimir Putin. No effort to hijack the election that Donald Trump and his campaign participated in. That is the only headline that matters. Now, there's lots of scintillating, fun little things that the committee tries to throw out there. But I got to tell you, I've done a lot of reporting on this story. I have a lot of documents, and it doesn't appear that the Senate Intelligence Committee did its homework on some very, very important issues. Why do I say that? Well, in the report, the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, bipartisan, Mark Warner, the Democrat, currently Marco Rubio as the chief Republican and chairman, uh, before that, most of the work was done by uh, Richard Burr, uh, who's now had to step aside because of an insider trading Uh, allegation investigation uh, involving the pandemic and intelligence he got. But when you look at this, here are some real glaring examples. So the report says that um, Paul Manafort, as the campaign chairman for Donald Trump, posed a grave intelligence threat, a security threat, because he was a campaign chairman who had worked for Russian-backed Ukrainians in Ukraine back in 9, 10, 13, 14. That's a very dramatic headline, a very dramatic finding, except it ignores some really important evidence. First off, the FBI investigated Manafort thoroughly in 2014 and dropped the case. If he was such a threat, why did the FBI drop the case in 2014? That's not in dispute. That was made public during his trial and in his pretrial motion. So if the FBI was so concerned that he had these Russian ties, that he was in a national security intelligence threat, why did they drop the case back in 2014? Better yet, 
when he did join the Trump campaign, why didn't the FBI just go and give a defensive briefing to President Trump, warn him and say, hey, this guy that you just brought aboard, he's got some baggage in Ukraine. They didn't do that either. Well, here's another thing. You're going to find out, and I'm, I'm determined to make these documents public. I've been working on this for some time, that beyond Manafort working for the Trump campaign in the spring and summer of 16 before he was let go, beyond um, Manafort playing, uh, uh, being investigated and then cleared, or certainly the case dropped by the FBI in 2014, throughout much of the 2009 to 2014 period, my sources tell me the State Department, the Obama State Department, used Manafort as a go-between uh, between the U.S. government and the Yanukovych administration. Remember, Yanukovych was the pre uh, president, duly elected president of Ukraine, who was forced out of the country in 2014 because of his ties with uh, Russia, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, he was clearly a Russian favored Russian-leaning Ukrainian president, and the U.S. didn't like him. We did run him out of town. There's some good questions about whether that's an appropriate thing for the American government to do, interfere in a dutifully elected leader's uh, role in a country. But it happened, and uh, no one is going to spill tears, crocodile tears for uh, Yanukovych being gone. He was a corrupt dictator uh, elected by the Ukrainian people. He was Russian-friendly, and his departure opened the door for Crimea to be invaded by Vladimir Putin's uh, forces. Um, so all that happened. But during the time when he was still in power, my sources tell me, uh, Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, other major players in the um, Manafort lobbying firm, law firm, were in constant contact with the embassy. The embassy was asking favors of them communicating things back and forth. Everybody knew in the State Department, in the U.S. Intelligence Committee, that if you were going to talk to Yanukovych, the American man was Paul Manafort. So if it was such a compromise for Donald Trump to have hired Manafort uh, in 2016 as his campaign chairman, why wasn't it such a compromise for the Obama State Department to be talking to him all that time? That report ignores this evidence. It's The Intelligence Committee report is, I would say, uh, inadequate not thorough, incomplete, misleading by omission uh, on that very fact. And let me give you another example. We've heard this since the Mueller report. Again, almost everything in the Senate Intelligence Committee is old news, rehashed old news, maybe with some new rhetoric, but basically the same fact base it, that Mueller, Devin Nunez, gave us long before this. But uh, they talk about a guy named Konstantin Kalimnik. He was a Russian-Ukrainian uh person working for the Manafort firm between Manafort and his deputy, Rick Gates. And Rick Gates, of course, pleaded guilty to a crime. Manafort was convicted by trial. He's in prison. Gates is out of prison. Um, but the it's very important to note that in this report, they identify Konstantin Kalimnik as a uh, Russian asset, a Russian intelligence asset. Now, they use a more strong word. They call him an officer. The Mueller report said they assessed him to be someone connected to Russia. So they seem to have strengthened the language. Maybe there's some new evidence. But if he was connected at all to Russian intelligence, if he was uh, a threat, as the report says, this report ignores something very, very critical. Before we knew he was a problem because of the Trump investigation, the State Department, the Obama State Department, again, I want to emphasize, this was on Barack Obama's watch. They use Kalimnik as, in their own words, an intelligence asset. I made public last year uh, State Department cables, emails, other documents showing that the State Department routinely consulted with Kalimnik, routinely used him for intelligence and, and discussions. And if he was such a problem for Manafort and Trump, you would think this intelligence committee would do the thorough job and say he also posed a problem for the State Department in his role there. But you know what? The report seems to drop the ball on that. There is inaccuracy, misleading by omission, uh, all omissions uh, throughout this entire report. And you would think if they took the extra year beyond Mueller, two extra years beyond Nunez, they could get these things more thoroughly done. They didn't. And I think the Intelligence Committee, with the millions of dollars they've spent, it appears that they let us down. It appears that Mark Warner, the vice chairman, the Democrat from Virginia, had a lot of say and hijack some of the writing of this report because the Obama administration gets protected. 
in the early reading that I have. I haven't read through everything yet, but my early reading is they try to make Kalimnik Manafort look bad for Trump without acknowledging that Kalimnik and Manafort had not occasional, but extensive relationships with the Obama administration. And if it's bad for the goose, you think it would be bad for the gander. This report is lacking, and I, I hope you read it with that in mind. Uh, I'm going to put up some stories tonight and tomorrow that will try to dig into this a little bit more, break some ground, raise some questions about the report. But the early news media readout, the hysteria over Manafort, ignores a significant fact, a significant base of evidence, a significant amount of documents that I've already put into the public. Konstantin Kalimnik was an asset working for Manafort, but also an asset for the State Department. That's their words, not my words. That's their document, not my document, the government's document. And Paul Manafort was routinely asked for favors, communiques, uh, to, to shuttle between the State Department and the Yanukovych regime in Ukraine. And if he was so bad for Trump, then maybe this report should address how bad he could have also have been for Barack Obama, the State Department, the embassy in Kiev. For some reason, this report doesn't go there enough. There's not enough facts, not enough balance. This report, for taking an extra year beyond the other bodies of oversight, lets the American people down on some very important factual things. That said, the top line is still the same. Another investigation, still no collusion between Russia and Trump. Let's not forget that. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, Congressman Tom McClintock of Northern Virginia, uh, Northern California, a key member of the House Judiciary Committee, a very sage voice on problems in the FBI. This is a man who's been in Congress for a while, been in elected office for a very long while, respected uh, across Congress. And he has a lot to say about, well, today's developments, the continuing concerns about the quality of the FBI going forward, and what happens if there isn't real justice from uh, John Durham's investigation. We're going to tackle all of that after this upcoming commercial break. Please remember, if you like what we do at Just the News at John Solomon Reports, please support our sponsors, our advertisers, buy their products. Go to the Just the News store, jtnshop.com. Buy something there. Every time you do, you're supporting Just the News and its journalism and John Solomon and its podcast. We've got great products, great sponsors. Kansas City Steaks, uh, the Clean Phone Pro, uh, which I use every day on my cell phone to get rid of germs. Um, we've got... Uh, crab legs and and lobster that you can have on your final fling of summer in your backyard barbecue. Tasty. I had some. They're incredible. Uh, so many ways to enjoy and buy product and good things. Chamonix, the skin cream I'm using to get rid of my flushness. Um, I want to look younger and less red in the future, and they're doing a great job helping me there. So Chamonix, lots of great uh, products. I can't name them all, but when you hear the advertisements and their sponsorship calls on our show here when you see their ads on our site when you see the products in just the news store at jtnshop.com please 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 go buy them support them because they support us all right we're going to get to that commercial break when we come back congressman tom mcclintock you do not want to miss this interview Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest indeed, Congressman Tom McClintock from the great state of California joins us. He's a member of the House Judiciary Committee, one of the key players on that committee and unraveling a lot of the silliness that went on in the Russia collusion delusion. Congressman, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John. It's an honor to be with you. Same here. I very much appreciate it. So we've had a lot of news in the last seven days on the Russia front. It's hard to believe four years into this, we're still learning things. But we had the the charges uh, last Friday against Kevin Kleinsmith, the uh, FBI lawyer who, who uh, doctored a document to falsify information in the case. And then today, the Senate Intelligence Committee, yet another investigation came to the same conclusion. No Russia collusion between Trump and Vladimir Putin. I just wanted to see if I could get your reaction to those two big developments? The, the Intelligence Committee finding out there was no uh, uh, Russian collusion, well, I guess my response is, thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Robert Mueller was given extraordinary powers to investigate this. That's right. He, he appointed one of the most partisan and biased team of investigators that's ever been assembled to substantiate these charges. They spent 22 months and $25 million in, in, in both direct and component costs doing that. They employed some of the most abusive tax, uh, uh, tactics, um, uh, perjury traps, uh, pre-dawn raids, threatening family members, manufacturing evidence in order to turn up some shred of real evidence to, to confirm this narrative. The Trump administration gave them nearly every document they requested. They waived attorney-client privilege to make the president's personal attorney available for 30 hours of testimony, um, even though the, the president had no constitutional responsibility to do that. And after all that, they were forced to admit there's not a shred of evidence to support this lie. So what the Senate Intelligence Committee is doing is just reconfirming yes. uh, what we have learned over the last several years. This country was torn apart and dragged through hell uh, because of a manufactured, partisan, deliberate lie. That's such a great point, and it's hard to imagine that that lie was perpetrated. I, I can now imagine, although it used to pain me to say this, I can imagine it being the media perpetrating the lie, but we now know that the FBI played a, a very significant role in perpetrating the false story. Now, you sit on House Judiciary, and you've seen all of these revelations, whether it's the Klein-Smith, the false FISAs, uh, the inaccurate testimony that now appears to have been given to, to the various committees. When you look back, how bad was the Comey-McCabe FBI, and what do we need to do to eradicate the um, the bad practices, the bad motives that, that surfaced in this investigation? Well, the, the, the second part of your question is the simplest. Uh, these people need to be held accountable. Yeah. Uh, uh, what they did was to take the most powerful agencies in our government, um, uh, uh, use those agencies, relying on information fabricated by a political campaign that they knew was fraudulent. Right. They used it as justification to launch an investigation alleging treason against a presidential candidate. They then leaked the existence of that investigation in a manner that was clearly calculated to affect the outcome of the election. And when that failed, they used it in a largely unsuccessful attempt to obstruct the duly elected president of the United States. Now, if the people who have been entrusted the most terrifying powers that we give our government right. can abuse them like that with impunity, then our experiment in democratic self-government is over. Uh, we've already become another banana republic. Mm. Uh, you, you, you summarize that in 100 words or less, the best of, best of anyone I've ever heard uh, describe what the FBI did. I mean, the, the sins are so remarkable and you know, there's a, a yawn in the traditional media, and a, uh, obviously not a yawn in the American public, but there's a yawn in the traditional media. How frustrating is it to be a Republican, to be on the House Judiciary Committee, to have played an, a vital role in unraveling the uh, misinformation and bad tactics that the FBI used and not see the media covered with the sort of urgency that such wrongdoing deserves? 
Well, the left stream media didn't cover it, but uh, boy, John, your reporting uh, was a clarion call. Uh, uh, Fox News uh, uh, carried the details of this. There were a number of other uh, uh, media outlets. Breitbart carried it. And I have to believe that, 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 you know, people are slowly becoming aware of how their government was used to first interfere with an American election and then unconstitutionally attempt to undermine the constitutionally elected president of the United States. And and, and people got to focus on that uh, because if if they don't, this is going to become common practice. That's my greatest fear uh, is is that uh, if if Biden and company are elected, you'll have somebody like Keith Ellison as the attorney general. He's the the radical leftist um, in in Minnesota. Um, uh, Allow that to happen. all of this investigation will be squashed, and what they did in 2016, what they did earlier than that in using the IRS right. to harass and intimidate ordinary uh, 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 citizens, right. um, uh, that's going to become standard practice because there's no uh, penalty for it. Yeah, that really is the consequence that we face in, in the lack of accountability thus far, although obviously Friday we saw the first criminal charges, which gives everyone hope, I think, that more is to come. One of the things that struck me in the Kleinsmith um, criminal information when they filed the charge against him, uh, assuming he's going to plead guilty since that's what they've said, but uh, is that they talk about, you know, obviously he falsified a document in the summer of 17 to make it look like Carter Page wasn't a CIA asset and was instead a Russian stooge, even though the FBI knew better than that. But in the document, it says that three FISAs before that, that was the fourth and final FISA at that point, third renewal, but four FISAs before that, before they, two months before they filed the first FISA, the FBI had already been told that. In your mind, does that mean other people besides Kleinsmith now have legal jeopardy or should have legal jeopardy based on their knowledge in August of 16 that that, um, uh, Carter Page wasn't a Russian stooge, he was an American uh, asset for the CIA? Yeah, there's there's a little term for that called perjury. Yes. Uh, uh, These were people who were lying to the court uh, on information that they knew was false. Some, in, in some cases, like Kleinsmith, actually falsifying that information. Great point. To take to a judge to, to, to uh, spy on a presidential campaign. And, you know, I, I was listening to an NPR broadcast this morning where they said the, the, the president again charged uh, the, that uh, his campaign was spied upon without any evidence. What more evidence do you need <laughs> than a guilty plea by the guy who did it? Exactly. That's such but, a great but, point. That's, that, that's how completely biased the left stream um, media has become. But again, the truth will out. And I, I believe that Americans you know, are beginning to focus on this. They have to because it's the future of their country. That's a great point. Uh, you mentioned perjury, and I know you sat through many of the interviews uh, that the committee did, uh, Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows and others did back in 2018. When you look back at folks like... Um, James Comey saying that this was uh, only a counterintelligence investigation, not a criminal investigation. We then get the original crossfire opening memo, and it shows that they use FARA, the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which is, by the way, not a counterintelligence law. It's a criminal law. When you look back at the idea that they knew collusion uh, was uh, uh, made up and Russian disinformation in the Steele dossier, do you feel that some of the witnesses that the House and the Senate had before it in 17 and 18 gave false, misleading, perjurious uh, uh, testimony? Oh, of course they did. And, and, and by the way, I would include Mueller in that. Uh, Great point. He, he, gave, he gave several uh, responses in, uh, to my questions that just frankly don't pass the smell test, including the fact that the, the night before he's appointed a special counsel, he had no inkling he was about to be appointed. Well, <laughs> That sure as hell doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah, that was one of my favorite exchanges during the Mueller uh, testimony. Your questioning of him was fantastic because, you know, they, they concocted this idea that the reason he went in to see the um, the president uh, was he was going to get another term as FBI director. Well, no one's going to serve a second 10-year term. No one in Congress is going to allow that to happen. So in your mind, you, you really drew out that that felt like a cover story and that he wasn't telling the truth, right? Well, and, 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 and there was another time where I, I, I felt he was— uh, What's the what's the uh, term? Lack candor. Uh, <laughs> a favorite uh, FBI term. Yeah, uh, uh, and 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 
that 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 was his his testimony. If, if remember, um, uh, the FBI had originally charged that the Russian government was running these troll firms. Um, uh, uh, a few weeks before that hearing, the court listening to that case uh, uh, told the FBI, "I want to see your evidence because you've been saying this publicly. It's, it's pejorative to the uh, to the trial. That's uh, right. You're affecting the trial. I, you know, I, the judge, will hold you in contempt if you if you don't produce this evidence." And the Mueller team said they couldn't produce any evidence because they had never alleged that in in the indictment. And she said, well, you're saying it in the press. And the very next day is when Mueller had this bizarre press conference that said absolutely nothing except except there's one little line in there where he differentiates between the charges and the Russian government. Uh, uh, the Mueller team then takes that back to the uh, judge and says, well, you see, we're saying publicly there's no relationship. Uh, I, <laughs> I forgot him, about I, that. I asked him, was that I asked him, was that? The reason you gave that press conference. Oh, no, that had nothing to do with it. Well, wow. once again, doesn't pass the smell test. Mm. Well, yeah, no, that's that's not even possible. Wow. I forgot about that anecdote. Well, I, I enjoyed your questioning. Uh, I think there were two or three ama- amazing moments in an otherwise very bizarre hearing where, where the director Mueller did not appear to be able to remember anything he investigated, which was troubling. But you, you certainly had some of the most important moments in that Um that uh, that testimony, and so thank you for those questions. When you look back now, and uh, we are already in 2020, we don't know everything that happened in 2016. What would you still like to see disclosed? What would you still like to see discussed? What would you still still like to see indicted uh, before election, so that the American public can have that more complete picture that you've seen as a member of Congress behind the scenes? Well, again, I'm putting uh, great hope in the, uh, in the in the Durham investigation in in actually holding people accountable. The Horowitz report, the Inspector General, brought to light a lot of the abuses that were going on in the FBI. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 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 of course, the Inspector General can't hold anyone accountable, and if they're not held accountable, it's going to happen again. It's going to become standard practice. And and by the way, it completely undermines the entire purpose. Of having the FBI. I mean, knowing that FBI agents who have a decidedly political agenda right. can take anything. Look, looking at the, at the at the Michael Flynn case, they can take anything somebody says, edit it, misrepresent it, prosecute it, mm. and extort confessions then by threatening family members and do so with impunity. Why would anyone in his right mind ever want to talk to an FBI agent knowing that can and has happened and has gone unpunished? Yeah, boy, that, that sounds... And if nobody's going to talk to the FBI, what good is the FBI? Right. That sends shivers up my spine to know I grew up in a family full of cops. I used to have FBI agents sleeping on my couch sometimes when they would work with my dad. And uh, it's hard to imagine that FBI, which, you know, was a straight up FBI to the one that we inherited in 15 and 16 under Comey and McCabe. The uh, well, I, I grew up idolizing the FBI, watching right? a TV series called The FBI. Ah. Uh, 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 you know, every every week, uh, um, you know, that was that was something I grew up with. I absolutely revered the FBI sure. and watch what these political extremists, these zealots, have yeah. done to the FBI is just is is shocking. It is heartbreaking, but most of all, it's frightening. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. And, you you're, you know, we all remember the text messages between Strzok and Page, which all left us speechless for the amount of partisanship and hatred and smelly Walmart people, the insurance policy, we're going to stop them. But uh, it turns out Kevin Kleinsmith, the man who doctored the uh, false uh, memo, also had these anti-Trump uh, text messages, including one the day after the election, which was just horrible to Republicans. It's hard to imagine... 20 years ago, FBI agents would have walked across the threshold of the office and carried those political opinions inside the office. So what happened? What, what culturally has happened? Is it a larger thing in the country? Uh, is it something specific to the FBI that allows people to now wear their politics into their job every day? Well, it's not just the FBI. Uh, as we know, the intelligence agencies have been right. invested with, with uh, uh, these, these, uh, these ideological zealots. Um, uh, the IRS, you know, again, that was the canary in the coal mines when right. the IRS began uh, harassing and intimidating. 
people over their political beliefs. Of, uh, and, and Lois Lerner uh, was never held accountable. None right. of the higher-ups were ever held accountable. Uh, and, um, you know, the only reason we're not seeing that today is because the Trump administration uh, is is there to stop it. Uh, the Trump administration is there to get to the bottom of the of the corruption within our intelligence and, and justice agencies. Um, if they're swept away in November, uh, uh, you're going to see them revert to these tactics. There's there's a lot at stake in this election. And I, I know you've spoken very eloquently about police law enforcement, the chaos and violence and terrorism that's uh, terrorizing our, our inner cities. Right now, as you look at what the Democrats have staked out as a position, they won't condemn the violence. They uh, aren't taking actions, that in at least in the Congress, that are going to make the situation better. And in the cities, are making it worse by some of the defunding movements. What do you think, uh, how do you think these behaviors, these political mantras that have now become behind the, the violence, well, how do you think that's going to play out in the election? Is this making suburban moms and inner city um, uh, dwellers concerned about their safety? Uh, I, it, it must be. I mean, when, when you look at what, 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 what is going on in Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, right. Chicago, where, wherever the left has seized control, um, the rule of law disintegrates. Uh, uh, the, the fact that law enforcement uh, is being attacked uh, by the left. Remember, without law enforcement, there's no law. And without law, there's no civilization. And mm-hmm. you can see exactly what that looks like as you look at the streets of Portland just last night or Seattle yeah. just last night. Jaw dropping. Uh, you know, look at what's going on in Chicago and New York. Um, uh, you know, th- th- this this is an a- a- attack on the, on the rule of law. You know, uh, Abraham Lincoln gave a, uh, a, a speech when he was 29 years old. He called it on, on the preservation of our political institutions. And in it, he, he warned that the threat of mob violence uh, uh, threatened the, the, the very foundation of our constitutional republic. Uh, he, he said there is no grievance that is a fit object for redress by mob law. And yet we see the left embracing mob law, apologizing for mob law, uh, ignoring mob law, um, because it is serving their ends. And, and, and that's, that's something that, that, that is, is, is fundamentally different. I'm a conservative. I've spent my entire life arguing with liberals over the proper role and scope and size of government. But in all of those arguments, we all agreed on, on certain fundamental principles, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, due process of law belief in our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We all believed, as Dr. King believed, that people should be judged on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. We all shared an intense pride and devotion to our, our flag, our history, and, and most of all, the, the principles of the American founding. We respected the will of the voters. When we lost elections, we all vowed to respect the decision to try harder next time. Those were the liberals of yesterday. They are no longer in charge of the Democratic Party. The left now controls the Democratic Party, and they are fundamentally different than the liberals. They've got no compunction of of shutting down any speech they disagree with. You say something they don't like, you can be fired from your job, censored on social media. You can have your safety threatened. They've got no compunction about tearing down due process of law. I mean, just ask any student on a college campus uh, about how they're denied the right to confront accusations against them. They, they sneer at the rule of law. You can see that in all of our major cities. Uh, they believe that the color of your skin is the first thing that should be judged. I mean, just look at the speeches last night at the Democratic so-called yeah. convention. Uh, they despise our country. They, they burn our flag. They utterly reject the founding principles of our country. And they're determined to seize the, the, the processes and change the fundamental mechanisms in our Constitution that guarantee our rights as Americans. That's what's going on. And if people don't wake up, they're going to lose it all. It's um, it really is a lot more at stake in this election than I think people fully grasp yet. Maybe as Labor Day comes and everyone dials in, they'll they'll start to to really comprehend the stakes. Now you've won an awful lot of elections in your career: California Assembly, California Senate, uh, multiple times to the U.S. House. What is the fundamental question or questions that this election is going to turn on? If Donald Trump's going to win re-election, if the House are going to Republicans have a chance to take back the House, hold the Senate, what's the question that your party, your brand of conservatism, believes the American people need to answer with this election? 
Well, Ronald Reagan once said that, that the freedom could be lost in a single generation. I think it could be lost in a single election. Wow. I mean, you listen to what the Democrats are openly vowing to do. If they take the Senate and the House and the White House, they'll abolish, not reform, but abolish the closure vote so that the minority will have no say in the Senate. They'll then use that Senate majority to pack the Supreme Court by, by creating new reliable uh, – pardon me uh, – uh, by creating new seats for their hand-picked leftists. They'll pack the Senate by creating uh, reliable Democratic states. Now, as you recall, the House uh, already voted just a few weeks ago for statehood for Washington, D.C. Right. Obama is already calling for admission of Puerto Rico. Right. So you've now, you've now um, removed the minority uh, with any role in the Senate. You've packed the Senate with new Democratic votes. You've packed the Supreme Court with no, no, new lockstep leftists. They'll ratify the state compact that bypasses the Electoral College to assure that rural states will have virtually no say in electing a president. And they'll rig the election laws as they have in California with, with, with ballots mailed to phantom voters and collected by ballot harvesters. And they'll admit 22 million illegal aliens to vote. Now, that is not speculation. That's what they've already <laughs> they've already stated it, in right? the House. Or, or announce their intentions. You cannot, you cannot accuse them of hiding their intentions. They have been very clear on what they're going to do. And once that's done, and that can be done within days if they're taking control, um, uh, uh, that's game, set, and match. I don't think there are going to be elections that mean anything after that if they are uh, empowered to fulfill what they've already vowed to do. There's a fascinating dynamic watching just the first 24, 30 hours of the Democratic Convention. And it's sort of a mixed message. In fact, for those of us who've watched politics for a long time, my head hurts sometimes because you'll have um, you'll have uh, the media portray Kamala Harris as a moderate, even though she was the most liberal member of the Senate in 2019, according to the ratings guide. You, you'll you hear Casey come out and say, uh, uh, the Joe Biden I know won't tilt to the left. And then Bernie Sanders will come out and say, Joe Biden's going to be the most liberal president since FDR. He's going to outdo what FDR did in terms of building government. And uh, and then you'll hear the platform say, uh, we don't we don't support Medicare for all. Then you hear people on stage say, we do support Medicare for all. Are the uh, is this sort of yin yang sort of approach here, where Biden's trying to portray himself as, as a moderate, while you know embracing almost all of the liberal agenda of the party? How will that resonate with everyday Americans, people in the middle, the independents, the folks up in Northern California that have long had that independent streak? Well, we're about to find out in this election. <laughs> Good <laughs> but, point. But, yeah. but clearly, clearly, the radical left is in control of the Democratic Party and and of elderly Joe Biden. I mean, there's there's no question that he's going to be a mere figurehead, an American von Hindenburg, with the radical <laughs> left actually controlling a, a policy. Um, I, I was reading a, a Sanders speech from last night. Uh, praising Biden for um, uh, for supporting no cash bail. Well, we have no cash bail in California. You have to understand what that means. It means that uh, uh, police officers who arrest a looter in a store are not allowed to hold them. They can book them, but they have to release them immediately. Mm. And we have more and more cases uh, where uh, uh, these criminals are arrested two or three times in the same day sure. for, for various crimes, and we can't hold them because of no cash bail. That's going on in California right now. It's going on in several other states as well. Mm. You want that to come to your hometown, to your community? Uh, uh, that's, just, that's just one example of what they are bragging they're going to do. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, and I don't think most Americans know that that's the agenda, or that it's already in working in places like California or not working. I guess is probably the right term. Um, and the Democrats are not keeping this a secret. This is yeah. not you know they're 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 not misleading anybody. They're being quite brazen Pretty in what open. they're what they're uh, uh, promising to do. People got to listen to that and understand it, and clearly recognize the implications to to, to their futures. Uh, uh, if, if, if you know, look at what's going on in Portland and Seattle and these other uh, leftist-dominated uh, uh, cities. Do you want that to be your hometown? Because that's the question that's really on the ballot. Yeah, it's funny. I um I went to pick up a pizza the other day <laughs> over the weekend, and there were a couple gentlemen 
an African-American Hispanic general that were watching the, the uh, news, you know, in the lobby as we were waiting for our pizzas to come uh, ready. And one of them turned to me and said, see that up there? It's coming to a town near you if they defund your police. And I just smiled and you know, I, I realized this is resonating for real day, everyday Americans. They realize that the, this idea of Portland could be, you know, one law away, one ordinance away, one election away. And, um, well, and, and and Biden's already made that clear. He, uh, has. Uh, he, he says he's not for defunding the police. He's only for redirecting funds <laughs> going to the police to other causes. Yes, I believe well, that's the technical definition of defunding. <laughs> in, in Biden's words, come on, man. Come on, man. That's right. How many times? <laughs> yeah. It's, so uh, so uh, uh, this, living here in California and watching the, the effect of a lot of these policies, uh, another of the things that they promised to do last night is to bring green energy uh, mandates to the country the way they have in California. They were making those promises on the very same night that we have rolling blackouts in this state because point. our reliance on solar power and wind power has completely destabilized our grids. Mm. We do not have the power to guarantee to keep your refrigerator running, and we're running rolling blackouts because of these green energy pro uh, uh, programs that they are vowing to impose nationally. Now, those of us in California at least have this one um, uh, consolation, and that is if things get bad enough here, we can always move to another state. Right. If these same leftists take over our country, where are we going to move? These are these are profound questions that the electorate has to really uh, posit. Do you feel good right now where the Republican Party is, where President Trump is heading into this election? No, the polls have him behind a little bit, although most people who've won election usually are trailing in August. It turns out if you look back historically, um, what do you I, I, what do you think about the state I, of the party? Well, I, I, I wish that Donald Trump could channel a little of his inner Ronald Reagan. If, if, if he could simply do that, he'd be ahead by 20 or 30 points right now. Interesting. Uh, I, I was listening to K or not listening. I was reading Kasich's uh, uh, speech from last night. Right. Um, uh, uh, basically uh, uh, accusing the Republicans of dividing the country when there was nothing but division uh, of uh, uh, being promoted in, in, in the in the uh, uh, in the Democratic uh, convention speeches. Right. But there's one thing that kind of resonates with, I think, a number of folks. Uh, I've got family members who just don't like the way Donald Trump acts in public. Some of right. the things he says, the personal attacks. And I've said this since he got the nomination in 2016. He was not my first choice. That was Scott Walker. Right. He wasn't even my second choice. That was Ted Cruz. But I can sure as hell tell the difference between a fire and a fireman. <laughs> and if a fireman is trying to save my house from burning down, right. I really don't care if sometimes he behaves like a bit of a jerk. Yeah. And I, that's what these never-Trumpers simply don't grasp. The left is going for all the marbles. If they're able to, to uh, uh, effectively abolish the Electoral College, pack the Senate, pack the Supreme Court, rig the election laws, there's no way back from that. It's not like you can say, well, we'll just try harder in the next election. The next election is not going to mean anything. That's such a great point. Yeah. And it is. Yeah, the, 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 it is palpable. I've covered every election since 1984. And this is the most palpable election that liberals are all in on a radical change, a revolutionary change. This is a revolution, not an election for them. And, and they uh, made that clear, too. I mean, this, yeah. this term that Biden has used, that they vow to fundamentally transform our society. Right. Well, that's what it means. It means ending America as we know it, right? Yeah, that's uh, such an important what, stakes. What Lincoln, what Lincoln called the last great hope of mankind on this earth. Yeah, and he did so at a time when we had a lot of strife in our nation. He got us through it because he abided by the rule of law, which is something that we seem today not to want to do very often. Certainly our FBI didn't abide by it, that's for sure. Uh, well, sir, I want to thank you so much. This is such a great conversation. I know our listeners at John Solomon Reports, Justin News, are so grateful for the time you have. Let's uh, try to get you back on maybe closer to the election day and see see what, how things are trending. I would really appreciate that. I look forward. In the meantime, John, I just want to say thank you for all of your reporting. Oh, you're very kind. When we were going, no, no, I, 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 you need to hear this and, and, and your listeners need to hear this. Uh, your reporting was was so clear and so far uh, above all of the other things that we saw. 
uh, those of us on the Judiciary Committee who are fighting the this this bogus Russian hoax claim right. that we're fighting the impeachment, your reporting was absolutely essential to getting a clear understanding of exactly what was going on. So I, I just want to thank you for doing that. I know you took an enormous amount of, of abuse from the left. <laughs> a little bit here and there. Yep. But but uh, it made a huge difference, and I'm honored uh-huh. to be on your show. That means a lot to me, sir, and I thank you and all the committee members who believed in the facts and followed the facts, because if we didn't have you know, folks like yourself and Mark Meadows and, and Devin Nunez and Jim Jordan, we would have never got to the bottom of this. I mean, the, the subpoenas, the interviews, all the digging you guys did extracted from a very reluctant bureaucracy the truth. And uh, I'm so grateful because it informed my reporting all along the way. So thank you, too, sir. I very much appreciate that. You bet, John. You take care. I will, sir. All right, folks, we'll be back in a second to wrap things up. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition, a regular edition this time, of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We're so grateful you listen. We're so grateful you tune in. And I want to afford one last opportunity. Uh, We've had a bunch of what I call town halls, private VIP town halls for people who bought the autographed version of my book, Fallout, the one I wrote with Seamus Bruner. Great book. I'm so proud of it. So many revelations in it. And um, uh, people who bought it, Uh, have been able to attend a handful of what we've called town halls or webinars. And for an hour, I sit and just answer everyday readers and viewers and uh, Just the News fans questions about Russia, about Ukraine, Joe Biden, the election. It's been so exhilarating for me. I can't tell you how proud I am to have been a part of that. The conversations are great. Our readers are so smart. They ask awesome questions. I get stumped sometimes. I have to go back and look at things. So proud of the great readership, the great community we're building. Well, we heard from lots of the attendees, the hundreds who've already attended these uh, sessions, that they want to do it again one more time. And so we have added five more VIP town halls with me and some other guests. I'm going to try to bring Doug Campbell back, the undercover FBI informant that cracked the Uranium One case. I'm going to try to possibly uh, bring in Seamus Bruner, my co-author, who did a great job in one of these webinars, blew people away with his knowledge. I may even try to bring in Matt Margolis, who you heard on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. He's a reporter that showed after Russia went bad with all of the terrible news media reporting that reporters got wrong, how reporters then blew much of the early coverage of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic crisis. Uh, I want to bring him on because the parallels between the false reporting in Russia and the hyperbolic misleading reporting at coronavirus are very similar. Same perps, same tactics, same MO, same motive. Uh, I think we should uh, bring him on as well. So we're going to do five more of these sessions in August and September, five one-hour town halls where we just sit and take your questions. We're not going to preach at you. We're just going to answer your questions, the ones that you have, the ones that are top of your mind. It could be about John Durham. It could be about Joe Biden in China. It can be about Hunter Biden in Ukraine. It can be about impeachment, uh, accountability, the FBI, the election, whatever you want to talk about, whatever is on the site at justthenews.com. This is a very special VIP offer. Uh, and so if you go to jtnshop.com right now, click on the offer to buy my the autographed version of my book. That's a special edition of the book, not the one you can get from Amazon. You'll get an invite to all five of these forthcoming town hall meetings. These are a great opportunity to sit with journalists like myself, get your questions answered, discuss facts instead of opinion. 
Uh, we, we're all about the facts. We're all about the news. We're all about trust. And uh, I hope you join us for these incredible sessions. There's only a few of them left, five to go in late August and early September. Your opportunity to get involved in the news, to have a conversation with me and other smart journalists and good people. We hope you take advantage of it. Please go to the store, check out the offer. I think it's worth the money, worth the time. And I know I'm benefiting from the great dialogue, the great conversation from our very, very smart audience. All right, I've talked enough. We'll be back on Thursday with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Until then, be sure to check out justthenews.com. I suspect there'll be some breaking stories in the next couple of days. Maybe, just maybe, we might have an expose about a cop killer that Democrats let out of jail. Yep, I'm not making that up. An exclusive coming up. We might have some information about some misconduct by the former U.S. attorney in New York, Preet Bahara. You've seen him preach on Twitter and his anti-Trump venom. Uh, we've got something to talk about his office. Real documents, real gumshoe reporting. That's coming up soon. And... You know what? We might just develop some new information on that Paul Manafort, Konstantin Kalimnik, Ukraine angle, the stuff that the Senate Intelligence Committee didn't give you. We're going to try to get our hands on those documents and report that out over the next several days. So go to justthenews.com when you can. We've got full Democratic convention coverage. We've got full Republican convention coverage coming next week when President Trump uh, accepts the renomination for a second term. All of that every day at justthenews.com. Check it once, check it often. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.